Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. At Hales Corners Lutheran Church on Grange Avenue in the town of Hales Corners, Wisconsin, they had a clock in the vestry. The vestry is that little door that goes right here where pastors go to put on their robes or to vest for service. The vestry, I'd imagine, like most uh, vestries in the 80s, would have a clock on the wall. This one had a clock on the wall that, that, uh, that, that gave the time for the acolytes and the pastors so they, they could look at that and they'd know what time they had to come out and light the candles and get ready for service. This particular clock in this vestry in Hales Corners Lutheran Church, it didn't have numbers where hours or minutes should be. There were dots or dashes. But that's not the important part. On the face of this clock, written in bold words, it said, time to repent. So anytime, whoever you were, whenever you looked at that clock, whatever time it was on the dial, you knew it was time to repent. What is repentance and what is it that I should repent from? That's the question, I suppose. If it's time to repent, what, what does that mean? Well, repentance is, is doing a U-turn when you realize that you are driving into oncoming traffic in a one-way street, right? It's doing an about-face. Repentance is doing the opposite of what you are currently doing. Repentance is, is turning away from sin and turning toward God in faith. So it's sin is that which you should be repenting from. And you all know what sin is, right? Sin is all that is contrary to the law or the commands of our Lord. Sin is deliberately or, or even unintentionally driving into oncoming traffic, so to speak. Sin is doing what the Lord commands you not to do or not doing what the Lord commands you to do. I'll give you some examples. Trusting in yourself or others above God well, that's sin. It's time to repent. Not calling upon God's name when you're in trouble, that's sin. It's time to repent. Thinking that you don't need God's word or his gifts, that's sin. It's time to repent. Calling your parents' names behind their back or talking back to them in disrespect, that's sin. It's time to repent. Yelling and screaming and giving fingers to drivers who cut you off in traffic, that's sin. It's time to repent. Sexual encounters outside of marriage between a man and a woman, that's sin. It's time to repent. Taking what is not yours or not helping someone keep what is theirs, that's sin. It's time to repent. Trolling someone online or smearing their name and character, that's sin. It's time to repent. Trying to gain what is not yours in an illegal or an immoral way, that is sin. It's time to repent. 
See, it could go on and on with each of these commandments. Every one of the ten, the moral law, God lays out for us what he demands. He is crystal clear on what is in bounds and what is out of bounds for his creatures. Each commandment then gives us an opportunity to reflect on how we have sinned by either committing something that was forbidden by God or omitting to do something that we should be doing. The law then, it shows us our sin, sins of commission and sins of omission. Both are opportunities for us to repent as we hear God's law. Right? The law doesn't make us right. The law shows us where we are wrong. And Jesus, Jesus calls us to repent so that we might find ourselves back in the right lane and heading in the right direction. And the thing is, well, it's always time to repent. Well, how do we read the gospel for today then? We encounter this group of people that are hanging around Jesus and if we read a little bit earlier in Luke's gospel, chapter, chapter 12, verse 54 through 56, Jesus is saying to this crowd of people, he says, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, well, a shower is coming, and so it happens. When you see the south wind blowing, you say, well, there's going to be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but how do you not know how to interpret the present time? How do you not know how to interpret the present time? What time is it? It's time to repent. Well, we read on that some in this crowd bring up some current headlines, right? And they could be watching any news source and, and, and bring it, and that would be a, maybe a, a contemporary example. But they say, Jesus, did you hear about those Galileans? Right, the ones who are preparing their sacrificial lambs for uh, the Passover, the ones who were in the temple courtyard, the ones whom Pilate sent his soldiers in and who were mercil mercilessly cut down and their blood poured out of their bodies and mixed with the sacrifices, uh, for the, the blood for their sacrifices. What about them, Jesus? Did you hear about them? What, what commandments did they break? What did they do to deserve such a horrible and, and a sacrilegious death? It must have been something really bad, I bet, if they died that way. What do you think, Jesus? Inquiring minds want to know. Don't we want to know, too? I mean, when things go well for people, we want to know their secrets. We want to know what they did to succeed in the way that they had. But when things go poorly for people... Boy, we jump to conclusions about what they did, so they ended up in that poor and despicable uh, situation. We, uh, by nature, assume the worst in people rather than put the best construction on the situation. Oh, doesn't that sound like the Eighth Commandment? Guess what time it is? Time to repent. But what did Jesus do? So what did they do? How, how does Jesus answer the question? Jesus says, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. 
and then Jesus kind of one-ups them. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners, offenders, trespassers than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. It is one thing to repent from sins of commission or sins of omission, but in these instances, it seems like those who are cut down in the temple courts or buried under the rubble of the, uh, the construction of the, the, the tower, they were either sinned against or that they were simply in the wrong place at the right time when disaster struck. So, so tell me again, what exactly is Jesus calling these people What sin is he calling them to repent from? Which commandments were broken? Isn't that what the crowd is asking? What did they do? What's the cause for their demise? Well, the answer is sin. Okay, well, yes, but what sin? Something they did or something they didn't do? No. Well, then what? See, Jesus is speaking here of original sin. The fact that the world is not in a right state of affairs. That's the heart of this. See, sin is the the root of all power abuses. Sin is the, the source of all disaster and calamity. Sin is at the heart of all that is wrong in this day and age. And sin isn't simply limited to something that we do or that we don't do. It speaks of the condition that exists for the whole of creation. And the whole creation groans under the curse of sin, as St. Paul puts it. It's looking for relief and for liberation, but it can't find it on its own. As part of this creation, as creatures of the Creator, we too are born into this world of sin and death. It's a pre-existing condition that we are now part of. And as creatures who have been born into this world of sin and death, the only thing that comes out of us by nature are actual sins of commission and omission. So we have the creation itself broken in a state of sin, and as a result, we too are by nature broken in a state of sin, unable to find Relief or liberation on our own. So what hope is there for creation? What hope is there for us? We'll look to Jesus. When Jesus is calling the crowds to repent, he is calling them to turn, yes, from their own sins of commission and omission, but even more, He is calling them to see that the problem is even greater than they had originally thought. He is expanding and deepening their perspective of what sin is and really how bad it is. Not just affecting the individual, but the whole of creation. Well, that's bleak, isn't it? Yes, but the call to repent is Jesus calling the crowds Trust in him. Trust in the one who is king over creation. Trust in the one who with the Father and the Spirit 
brought creation into existence. Trust in the one who will deal with sin in its entirety. That means Jesus is calling the crowds to trust that he will forgive the actual sins of the penitent or repentant, all those things that have been done or left undone, and and that he will put to right all the wrongs in his creation. See, when Jesus calls for repentance, it is an invitation for trust in him. It is an invitation for for faith in him. It It is an invitation to find hope in him. And the good news is that this invitation wasn't simply for the crowds. It's for you. Jesus didn't come simply for the sake of the people who were able to see him, to listen to him, or touch him as he ministered to them in in Galilee or Judea or Samaria. He came for you. When Jesus suffered and died, he did it bearing all your sin, all those things that you have done and regret, those things that... That, that, that you know that you should have done and you're ashamed that you didn't do them. See, Jesus took all these and put them to death with him on the cross in his blood of his sacrifice. Well, that makes you clean. The blood and the water that, that comes from his side fills the, the font and the chalice and they deliver to you that forgiveness that he purchased and won for you on the cross. On account of Christ, your sins are washed away. And even more, when Jesus suffered and died, he did so to put creation itself to rights. And now that he has risen and ascended, he is actively bringing an end to all that is wrong with creation. Bringing an end to bloodshed and war, injustice and disparity. He is actively bringing an end to destruction of his creation, pollution, strip mining, the poison air that we breathe. Look, mankind isn't going to fix these problems. Mankind are part of the problem. But Jesus, Jesus the king of creation, lives and reigns over all. And he has promised that he is making all things new. That's the hallmark of his kingdom. All that sin and death has touched, Jesus is undoing. We might not see it with our eyes now or experience it in the current events that we're seeing, but faith, faith holds on to what Jesus has done, is doing, and ultimately will do. For Christ the King is coming. And in that great and glorious day, look, the dead will be raised and we will live with our Lord and Savior in the fullness of his new creation. Sin and death will be a thing of the past. Look, Jesus' call to repent is an invitation for faith in the one in whom there is forgiveness of sin, life, and salvation. You don't need the clock that was in the sacristy or vestry at Hales Corners Lutheran Church in the 80s. 
No. Now you are called to interpret the times in faith and to hear again the Lord's call. It's time to repent. Amen. And may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.